Welcome to the Digital Arts Studios Future Labs mini podcast series. I'm Richard, the creative technician who has organized our latest collection of workshops for Future Labs, which is our innovative and creative training program for artists. This program aims to provide training and technical support for artists who wish to experiment with emerging technologies, develop skills and create new and innovative work. Artists will have the opportunity to learn a variety of technical skills and explore such areas as locative media, field recording, network sound performance, interactive installation and DMX lighting. The format this year has had to change due to the pandemic, social distancing and the unfortunate restrictions on in-person teaching. And while we can't bring you into the studio, we're bringing the artists to you with a selection of pre-recorded workshops. The purpose of this podcast series is to introduce the workshops that are available and the artists who are facilitating them to help to get to know a little bit more about them, their practice and how the pandemic has affected them throughout the last year. To find out more about the Future Labs program, go to digitalartstudios.com or contact us through the usual social media channels. Today I'm introducing Aidan Deary, whose workshop is on field recording, theory and practice. So I want to welcome uh, Aidan Deary, who has uh, done our workshop in field recording, theory and practice. Hello Aidan. Hello Richard, how are you? I'm good, yeah, how are you? (laughs) Good, thanks. Good, good, good. Um, thanks so much for doing this workshop for us. Um, it was really good, good to have you on board, but also the workshop itself is just a really great in-depth um, sort of overview um, for anyone who has an interest in field recording. Um, and what I really liked about it is that it, it has um, so much in terms of context and the history and theory behind field recording, but then you sort of go through these different steps of exercises of listening to your environment, recording the kind of equipment to use, how to use it, how to edit and how to compose um, field recordings as well. And so it really just gives you such a huge overview and insight into the process. And not only that, one thing I really liked about it was even if you sort of have done recordings before or field recordings um there's sometimes uh, your knowledge might be missing gaps and even you sort of touch base on uh microphones and the different types of microphones and i think it could this is the kind of workshop that would be really beneficial to people who sort of have enough knowledge but might want to know more or just sort of reaffirm what they know um and sort of relearn or sort of revise i think almost um their knowledge in sound recording and editing uh, so, um, is there anything that you want to say specifically about the course itself? Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks very much, Richard. Um, <clears throat> so I was lucky enough to do the, um, the Future Labs course last year. So I ran a similar course, but obviously in person, we were able to do that. Unfortunately, wasn't an opportunity, uh, this year. So, but it was still good to sort of have the challenge of trying to translate that into something that you could do from home. So um, obviously we don't have the, the one-to-one contact, but I tried to sort of think of things that, because um, I suppose this field recording is often like a, an individual activity anyway. So I was trying to think of things that, um, you know, you could sit and watch the workshop, go through it, and then um, would also have this practical element of kind of really beginning to I suppose listening is the first stage of of field recording without getting into to gear or equipment or anything like that just sort of developing 
your awareness and understanding of of sounds that are happening all around you i suppose so that that's really where i wanted the starting point to be and it's what i would do if if also the work the workshop was in person as well so um and then yes going into um maybe chatting about um equipment that you might just have to hand i suppose like like your phone we talk about recording with your with just with your phone or what whatever equipment you happen to have because you don't have to worry about immediately getting you know going out and buying a load of expensive equipment straight away um to to get started with this it's really just um what what you can put your hand to first of all and then you know if you if you are um getting more interested there's um we we kind of talk about the the options of 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 what you can do if you have a, a little bit of of money to invest in it as well so yeah that's that's what i tried to do anyway yeah that's it's really um it's really good like that i think it really it gives you that sense of a workshop of in person the way you deliver it um really has a nice um feel for being in that workshop although we unfortunately cannot be in that workshop space at the moment and i think you're right it was really good that you um because we can't be in person and sort of uh give the workshop participants access to this you know f- to selection of um, professional equipment to try um it's really good that we can adapt and you can show well you just need your phone this is how you can do this stuff with what you have even though like here's what you can maybe aim to get at a later stage but right now if you just want to pick up and get involved it's really good that you can you don't need to um have all this uh, equipment at hand immediately so yeah that's i think that's a really it was a really nice um i guess it's a really important sort of angle in these workshops generally um is that sort of accessibility under the current um, pandemic so I just wanted to ask a couple of questions just about yourself, just as sort of a way people can kind of get to know you as well. Um, so I just wanted to ask, like, what, what was it that got you involved in field recording? Like, what was where did your interest in that stem from? Yeah, so I was, um, I did a master's in music technology um, and I was trying to think before the before this chat um, when that was. So it was, it was actually... <laughs> coming on 14 years ago that I started that but um I did the this masters in uh, in Dundalk IT so um I suppose I sort of had the notion of learning how to record bands and um produce music and all this type of stuff so um we did um a, you know a number of modules but we did like a electroacoustic module and I had never really encountered sort of kind of avant-garde electronic music like that before um and i suppose you know we went through the whole um all the different development and music concrete and that sort of stuff but i suppose i for some for whatever reason then um we encountered soundscape composition and that kind of grabbed me at the beginning um and i suppose for for a number of reasons really but um i sort of i was more interested in the a kind of the archival aspect or preservation aspect of um kind of thinking about sounds around you and and what that means and what kind of environmental lessons you can 
you can get from just kind of listening to to watch around you and and to use that as a kind of um, a starting point for um, for musical works or artistic works. I thought it was just really interesting to me at the time, but um, and it also meant that you weren't limited to a studio environment either you know it's you could start to think about um gathering sounds wherever you were so it kind of for me it sort of broke me out of of this notion of sitting in a studio or sitting with a laptop and that you could sort of create or participate in um creativity where wherever you happen to be so i suppose that's what kind of got me interested at the beginning um and I just from that um started attempting to <laughs> compose um compositions kind of really badly at the beginning but um it got me in this kind of loop or cycle of of going out and attempting to capture or record um sonic environments and coming into the studio seeing what I can do with them and it, I suppose from that process as well, I was also learning about music production and that I had this source material that I thought was really interesting and taking that into the studio and then seeing what, you know, effects I could apply, what, pro- what processes I could do. So I just found that a really sort of valuable creative discovery at the time, I suppose. Yeah, it sounds um, good. And I... I- I can totally see the 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 joy in the sort of having the freedom, you know, like away from the studio or being in the studio sort of restricts you to usually being in these dark closed spaces and just having this recorder and going out, you know, you have this freedom to just to go out into the world and just explore and just record sounds um, and then bring them back. And it's it's quite interesting that, you know, with your sort of interest in music, then you sort of approach it in that sense of like, well, you know, uh, this isn't music per se, but this is what I'll take with these samples and I'll I'll see how I can compose with them um so then if you if you started out uh in sort of in the masters I imagine that you probably had access to some level of equipment like you didn't maybe just start completely from basic like what kind of equipment did you have access to or was there any restrictions in terms of um uh in terms of recording and, and editing and what you had access to do you know I was I was trying to think what I actually started recording on. I think it was um it was actually a mini disc player. Right. Remember those? <laughs> the short um, things. Yeah, exactly. Um so uh, it's something I was kind of using at the time. But I think that's what just what 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 was available mm. um for the course. I don't really know why that that's what they had, but I suppose it was the most portable option at, at that time um before the sort of flood of um kind of uh cheap handheld or well relatively cheap handheld um recorders um but yeah i was kind of handed a a mini disc player and a a little microphone i can't even remember what type of microphone it was um it's interesting that you know like yeah mini disc it was an interesting thing it never i i never really uh it never took off with me i never really got my head around it but i had friends who loved it and i could see 
Um, why? Because it just was this really lovely, small, portable device that just did high quality recordings. And I guess even for the, the size of it and the portability must have been really good for you to use, you know, for field recording. Yeah, it was it was one of those things that it was almost it was almost like really well timed. Um, I remember just at that time, like my mind was blowing that you could fit like five or six albums onto one mm. mini disc. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the 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 whole downloading thing kind of blew it out, blew it all out of the water then but um um i think that's probably just bef- it was just on the cusp of t- um the kind of recording technology becoming a lot more accessible so before that i suppose you really would have been limited to um very kind of uh, big sort of expensive equipment that would have been very difficult to access and difficult to bring out um anywhere you'd like to to go recording so mm. in a way I was kind of lucky to to meet to meet it when I did um in that it was kind of affordable and um it wasn't you know you weren't restricted in terms of like I I need to go and I, I'm not even sure how people were recording up to up to that point. I'm sure they'd moved on from like reel to reel or whatever, but um, it would have been um, a lot more difficult to, I think, access these things. It's an interesting point, actually, and it just it made me immediately think of my own experience at uh, my um, degree course because I studied animation and traditional animation and it was that sort of cusp whenever computers were really starting to come in for editing but we um it was a really nice time though because we still had access to um to shoot on 16 millimeter and edit on a steinbeck and then we edited reel to reel with videotape and then you know i can remember my final projects were being edited together on computer so you could really i mean there's no way you know i would have a massive video reel to reel tape <laughs> just sitting in my house <laughs> just to do my animation editing like uh leaving that course but you know with the fact that editing was starting to be come very able on computers like it's something that i could then just transfer you know just start working away at home with it as well yeah so it's just interesting being in cost of change. yeah it was, it was yeah. really interesting having the insight of how the old methods worked um and that sort of like having to edit scene you know in a li- in a linear form you know and how you had to really know exactly what you wanted to place after you know scene after scene after scene and do it all in order and you sort of think how did i do that but you did you know it was and it was a fun process yeah and i think that's important to kind of at least for for, for people kind of starting um now or, or learning about these things that to, to at least have an appreciation of how these things were done because i think you learn a lot about um about the actual craft just from you know at least acknowledging that process so you're you're probably kind of lucky to have had the experience of, of both of those things mm. yeah it was definitely wasn't it mm. kind of exciting to like i said to to work on them both um so just thinking stepping on from you know whenever you started out again, like you said that you had an interest in music, um, but then what sounds did you, were you kind of inspired to go out and record? Like, was there anything that like, 
certain kind of sounds or environments that you that you leaned it to whenever you went out to record initially or did you just kind of record anything and just take it back and see how your interest developed from what you heard later yeah i think i i, I suppose at the beginning i didn't really have a plan um <clears throat> i remember the first kind of project i thought for some reason and i don't really know why but i thought it'd be a nice idea to kind of ask people where they were from and as a kind of t a tiny little interval or interview snippet mm -hmm. and I would record this and kind of compile and um, create a piece out of out of this and it, it didn't really work but to be honest like there's a, the, like that I'm sure any anyone can can relate you know you have to go through so many sort of failed projects uh, at the beginning and, and that's absolutely part of it anyway but I sort of I think it was sort of speaking to the fact that I did I wasn't really aware of what I was recording anyway but um, it was a lot of that kind of just just that process of going outside and seeing what I could capture if it was just birdsong or if it was just traffic noise or whatever it was um, I just found that a really enjoyable kind of um thing to do um yeah. i suppose that at the time I, as well i was using a lot of public transport so it was a lot you know sitting in bus stations or train stations or or airports or whatever so what i found i suppose i would i would i having moved on from the the mini disc player um i got myself a little zoom h2 um and just carried that everywhere Fit, fit in my pocket I could carry it everywhere and it almost really passed the, that sort of dead time where you're you're waiting to get from A to B yeah. in a much more interesting way that yeah. you're you feel like you're sort of interacting with with spaces and you get this sort of heightened sense of awareness of of something which could otherwise be really mundane um, and I think that just really kicked off my my interest in it and um I sort of progressed from then that I was not necessarily always having a project in mind but some of these recordings would then end up find their way into into compositions so again like I sort of mentioned this kind of feedback loop of just being out and about and, and gathering but also having in the back of your mind oh there's there, that could actually work nicely in a in a in a piece you know if there's a particular event like even if it's just a train passing or something really interesting sort of stands out grabs your attention you're you kind of clock it and think all oh, right actually yeah i could i could maybe develop it um a composition from that and yeah and i was lucky enough i suppose around that time i was doing a lot um, a little bit of traveling um when i could abroad over the summer and things so um it almost became like a, a little sort of audio diary as well of places i'd been um i wish i'd been a little bit better about archiving which i kind of speak about in the in the <laughs> workshop a little bit but um i don't think anyone uh, ever from, gets their head around archiving yeah <laughs> no but i it's like i was i went through phases of being kind of good at it but 
I have some recordings. I'm like, I know what country they're in, but I don't know anything about the context or hmm. um, so. I guess that in itself that could, that could be frustrating, but it could also be very interesting. Like, you know, it just really removes, uh, you know, because you know when and where that recording was taken, what it was. But if you don't even remember that anymore, like, what does that recording become then? You know, it literally yeah, just, uh, it's sort it's, of face value for sound <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's something totally removed from me. But yeah. I do find mostly if I am listening to something back, it's like a really vivid way of like remembering hmm. where you were at that time, even if you don't know the name of the city or the hostel you were in or whatever. But you really get a sense of like you're sort of it's a, it's a little bit uh, like like time time travel, I suppose. But it's you get a really vivid recollection of what you were kind of feeling at that time. Just this more so i think than than photos for me anyway that's yeah. that's just how i feel about it but it's interesting it kind of almost reminds me of what people say about scent you know it just sometimes can just take you to a very specific yeah. moment and you just can't you might not even be able to ever pin it down but um there's a couple of points there i find it quite interesting um in what you said about uh just how you initially got started in what you're recording like the two things of just recording anything and everything because i think that is very important and i was talking to somebody recently about how you know that's your version of a of a an artist sketching every day you know you're just taking recordings every day and eventually like yeah. you just it's that process that you just have to go through and then sometimes things will appear ideas will come out of that um sometimes not um and then the other thing was the fact that you did actually give yourself a, a specific a task which was to go and ask people questions and I think that's <laughs> the one thing it's it's actually really funny but it's quite interesting because um, in your workshop as well you 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 give the participants a couple of activities and I think that's really good it's just even no matter where you are one of the ones is no matter where you are at the moment just listen and it, which is you know crucial part of um, recording is just listening to your environment um, and just hearing the sounds and then thinking about what you want to record so you know I, I that in itself is a, a, another good little task that people can have who might not have experience of field recording and think I just don't know what to go and do just like just give yourself one silly little task even like ask somebody about their day or like you know think about just create some sort of almost mundane little task that you can go and do yeah definitely I think that's I, I think it's a good if 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 you are kind of stuck it's I suppose it's like those I, I don't know like ideas dice or something that that type of thing where you're you know just go and record something that I don't know pots and pans or whatever it, <laughs> whatever it is but uh, no it could be anything just as opposed to I suppose what I was trying to do is just spark some sort of idea for for a composition but um but yeah no absolutely you're right um um just a, just a little target can be you know even if it doesn't go anywhere it's, it's you're, you're still going to going to learn something from it so and i've just got one final question and it's just um i guess we can't sort of avoid this one and i just have an interest in in i would like to know how the pandemic has changed or affected how you work in the last year because obviously with restrictions about going outside and, and what you can do and can't do has you have you found that it's limited your um your field recording work or another question is 
has it made you notice any different soundscapes in the environment before with like the difference in you know the lack of airplanes and things is there has there been anything of note i think in in your soundscapes in the last year as well yeah i i think it's maybe limited me for for not the reasons of of restrictions and i think um i suppose over the years um and i'm recording in lots of different environments um locally and uh, around the world and i suppose it, a common thing is that i'm always thinking like what would this place sound like without traffic or without air traffic or you know if it was because it's almost almost everywhere there's a little hint or at least a little hum or uh, undercurrent of of traffic it's just unavoidable um unless you know there's kind of wind or there's um like a running water or something that kind of masks it out but it's always something that's kind of present even if you sort of you can kind of tune it out in your ear but it was always a thought like what would it be like or what would it have been like 150 years ago or or whatever so i suppose amongst all of the madness like when um last march um that was sort of one of the things um it sort of offshoot for that that everyone was the world suddenly kind of stopped and there was definitely a change in in like just everything just seemed much more still i don't know if the if, if there was the weather or a kind of just a wider sort of atmosphere of strangeness but um just definitely hearing um belfast so i'm you know i'm not really central but um it's still quite a lot of um road noise and traffic around me where i am um but just to remove that suddenly and to remove air traffic as well because i suppose um very close to the city airport as well and to have like no planes in the sky was just a, a very strange experience and I don't know what it was. I, I, I wasn't inclined to record that much. And I don't, I don't really know why. I think it was just everyone was just trying to get their heads around everything. So I, I could have taken myself off and, you know, um, on my own to go and record, but which I did a little bit. Um, and I ended up, you know, uh, just just making a little note of um a little little sound diary every so often of 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 that sort of time, but I d- I don't really know why I wasn't sort of more inclined. But like I said, it was probably just my everyone's headspace at the, at that time because it was such I a think so yeah a strange time. I think uh, um, I, I sort of feel like artists or creative people kind of fell into two camps, and they either instantly utilized the time that they had and lockdown to just produce work and then there's the other side that just just didn't you know because they were sort of getting their head around it and I think I sort of fell into that latter camp where I sort of feel like why wasn't I doing so much I mean I had sort of work to get on with but I sort of felt like I could or should have been doing so much more but yeah there's there was so much more to deal with but interestingly at the time I was living um you know sort of off the Ormer road in belfast and even traffic and the sort of the the stream of cars that would usually be heard rush hour in the morning seven and eight o'clock 
they were just not there, you know, and the, with the planes not there. And then inevitably there was a lot of people started talking about just hearing the birds a lot more, you know, and, and details like yeah. that. So weirdly, I think, yeah, just thinking about it now, actually, I guess even people who aren't used to maybe listening um, probably did listen more um, just out of the circumstance without really realizing it, you know, um, just because they, because yeah, of the changes and the differences. So. Yeah. And I'm not sure, I suppose it depends on your point of view. Maybe that might've been a little bit unsettling in some mm. ways to remove that flurry of activity. But, um, in a ways, like, I suppose, uh, probably like yourself find it really interesting, you know, at that, at that time, but, mm. um, there was like a, like you said, absolutely. There was like a flurry of sort of pandemic related art that emerged at the time. And um, especially like kind of in, in, in kind of sound art circles and um, kind of soundscape composers, etc. Um, and, you know, uh, people kind of creating like sound maps and trying to, you know, capture this sort of moment. Um, uh with audio um but i think yeah like yourself it was um i suppose understandable and it's probably probably good not to kind of um be too harsh on you know yeah. on, on a lack of of output um just because um just because of the time it was but i think i was doing other things at the time but um but no definitely i think even just without even recording anything and without even creating anything it was it was kind of i i'm setting aside like the horror of, of what was happening but um it was kind of that was something really interesting just to just to experience um in its own right yeah. you know um which were, may or may not happen again oh yeah um hopefully <laughs> not i guess but um it there was one I, I actually really appreciated um, uh, sort of with my own struggles to do some projects or feel like I used, I guess it's just the guilt for sort of feeling like I probably could use the time better. Um, but I, I really appreciated whenever I saw friends post that who were creative people and they just said, you know what, I'm not doing anything. I'm not even going to try to do anything. I'm just going to take the time off. And I thought, good on you, because you need that too, yeah. you know. Um, I think that was very important. And if you were able to, um, just really appreciate the time to switch off and get the value from that. Um, whereas some people got the value from doing, like some people really got the value and just taking a moment to say, Do you know what, just just rest, <laughs> which is absolutely yeah, fine. no, definitely, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think it was yeah, what whatever people needed to do at the time is absolutely fine. But um, yeah, it's just that and not to have a sense of 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 regret. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. I think it was more, like for me, it was sort of, I like like everyone was just kind of glued to the news, but also having a time where I had been previously like very busy up to that point, and um, to suddenly be very unbusy, <laughs> or to have all this time was, um, you know, it was. It was sort of valuable at the time, but just to take take the foot off the gas a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but again, it didn't really translate into a lot of creative 
outlet, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. But um, I guess even that mm. is sort of like if you're not, if you didn't produce work, um, like if you didn't produce work and you were just sort of taking that time just to sit and reflect, it just reminds me like of the one sort of, um, I'm not going to say quote, it's not quote exactly, but the one person that I always hark to in these moments is David Lynch talks beautifully about, you know, it's about the time around doing the work as well as doing the work. And he just said he would just to go into the, sit in the studio maybe for a couple of days and just sit there and just wait because that sort of time just to digest right. everything was just as important yes. and as valuable as actually doing the work itself. And yep. so I always try to, you know, whenever you think about sort of guilt or like um, anything like that, it's just, I always just remind myself that you do need those, you do need the time not doing work to do, to spend the time doing the work. Um, and I think, yeah, that's what lockdown was for, for people as well. You know, yeah, it's still, definitely. it's still happening, you know, you're sort of digesting mm. stuff and then it was whenever you finally will get or did get around to work like that'll, you know, it'll all come out then. Yeah. And I think, I think we'll be kind of looking back in this period. I could, I could say we, we are still in, in lockdown, but I suppose there was that first kind of couple of months that were so unique. It, it's almost become we've we've sort of got used to the kind of scenario now a little bit more or at least you know it's become a lot more normal yeah um yeah. but there will be different phases of it to come as well you know so well i was sort of um i'm hoping that uh you know we can at least get back to doing in-person work more you know and even in regards to these workshops like it's been really brilliant that we can sort of think about how to navigate getting around social distancing and the fact that we can't be in the same room to deliver workshops but at the same time like you know we will be back to that point at some point because i think you know there's nothing nothing beats sort of um that sort of direct person to person help you know so like if we can re replicate that as best as possible through workshops which i feel like yours has done really nicely um yeah Hopefully we'll we'll see each other in, in actually in the digital art studios uh, workroom yeah. like at some point in the near future for you know at least for the next session of workshops. But um, well, listen, thank you so much for taking time out to chat to me about this. Like it's been really great having you involved and getting you to do a workshop. And um, yeah, we'll hopefully, like I said, see you in person in the future. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you very much, Richard. And I, I think I mentioned in the in the workshop as well. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch, um, please do so. Uh, just I hope there's something um, enjoyable and interesting for you in, in the workshop. So I'd, I'd be really interested to hear how you get on as well or any projects that you intend to do or, or if you have any further questions, please let me know. That's brilliant. Okay, well, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast and remember that you can find out more about this particular workshop and the whole Future Labs program over at digitalartstudios.com and we'll see you again soon.